0: Do you grab a seat? Morning, everyone. And uh, thanks to Brian for leading us so far. Going to lead us later in the service. Does anyone know who this is on the screen? Does anyone know? Do you want to stick a hand up if you think you know who this is on the screen? Or want to shout it out? Bart. Who said that? Who said Carl Bart? That was very impressive. Did someone say that down there or did I just hear it? Right. right, Yeah, this is Karl Barth, who is a highly influential 20th century Swiss German theologian. I realise lots of us have probably never heard of him. Kids, you won't have heard of him. But on the 23rd of April 1962, six years before he died, on the 23rd of April 1962, he was uh, speaking at a university in Chicago, and apparently there was a question and answer time after he had spoken. And a student stood up and asked him this question Mr. Barth, if you could summarise your theology, So that's all your study of God, all your writing about God, and Karl Barrett wrote a lot about God. He wrote 600 works that were published. And so this student said to him, in all your study of God, if you could summarize it in a single sentence, what would it be? And so the theologian, the great theologian, thought for a moment, and then he said this, in the words of a song I learned at my mother's knee, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. This I know. Do you know this morning that Jesus loves you? Whatever age. And do you know how much he loves you? That's what we've been thinking about this morning as we thought about Revelation 1, 5, and 6. And as we sit here on the last day of 2023, and as we get ready to step into 2024, I want to suggest a prayer To take with you into this new year about this very issue. I know some people make New Year's resolutions, and so I'm going to offer you one for 2024. It's for everybody, kids included, everyone. And it is to pray this prayer, which I'm going to share in a moment. It's to pray this prayer and repeat it every day for the next 365 days. To pray it for yourself. And to pray it for each other. And why this particular prayer? Because it's a prayer about knowing that Jesus loves you. It's a prayer about asking God to help you know that Jesus loves you more and that he loves you better. And it's a prayer about discovering and being reminded of the true extent of his love. And therefore, I'm going to suggest that this, Brian's already given us the best verse in the Bible. I'm going to give you the best prayer that you could ever pray. So what is it? Well, I haven't made it up. Someone else has written it, and we do find it in the Bible. There's someone else is the Apostle Paul, and it's found in Ephesians chapter 3. So if you can go there, if you've got a hard copy of God's Word, if you've got it in the device, I invite you to turn to Ephesians 3. These are familiar words. And although I'm going to read the entire prayer, we're going to concentrate on just a couple of verses, which I'm going to attempt to explain, and then I'm going to give you three ways to help you pray this prayer and get the most out of it in 2024. So we're going to listen to the prayer. So it's Ephesians 3. It's beginning at verse 14. Hang on to your seats for a second. I'll get you to stand in a moment. But here's how it begins. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now, as I've already said, the I in this sentence, I kneel before is Paul. But I do want us to notice his posture for prayer. He's on his knees. Now, I'm not about to suggest that this is the only or even the best position for prayer, but it's certainly an important one, and it's a worthwhile one, because you see, posture indicates intention. When you kneel, when you kneel, you are expressing a decision and a desire to be there, to be before the Father. And so kneeling is an act of reverence. It's a sign of submission. I wonder when was the last time you knelt at home in prayer? You see, prayer is also a place and a practice of retreat because to kneel, you've got to stop you've got to press pause. You can't do this on the run amongst everything else you do. Now, I'm not saying you can't pray in the car or as you do other things, but to kneel, to get down on your knees actually requires withdrawal from action, from busyness, from crammed schedules and timetables in order to pray. And I'm going to say more about that later. But if we assume or choose to assume this position, we're making a very conscious decision. I'm here to pray. And so if kneeling is not your practice, I wonder if it might be a new habit to adopt. I'm not saying every single day, but maybe from time to time. Because kneeling ensures that prayer doesn't become incidental or rushed. So in 2024, can I invite you to consider your posture? So let's listen to the rest of the prayer. For I, it's Paul, kneel before the Father. And then here's his prayer. I invite you to stand for the public reading of God's prayer-filled word. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then that classic line, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, According to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Do take a seat. So, that entire prayer that we've just heard is brilliant. But the specific petition and section that I want to highlight and I want to push in 2024, and I've personalized it, and here it is on the screen. So, this is the bit we're going to look at in a wee bit more detail. I pray that I being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that I may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let me break that down for us. So it starts like this. It says, let me be rooted and established in God's love. Because you see, it's hardly a better place or state to be in. What does it mean to be rooted and established in God's love? Because that's a prayer in itself, that in 2024, I want to be rooted and established in God's love. Well, to be rooted means to be firmly anchored and supported. When a tree or when a plant is well rooted, it's strong, it's stable, it's secure, it's fixed, it's better able to withstand the elements. And therefore, Paul longs for the Christians that he's praying for to have their lives sunk deep into the abundant love of God, where we then know and where we then find security and strength. Do your roots go down deep into the love of God? Is that where you are this morning? Is that where you're rooted? Is that where you draw from? Is that where you get life from, energy from? second word, established, comes from the world of construction, and it refers to a building that is well-grounded. It's a building that's got good foundations, which again means that it's strong and it's secure, and it's better able to stand and survive. And so Paul longs for Christians to have lives that are established in God's love. And you see, if we're not there, if we're not properly rooted or firmly established then whenever the inevitable storms of life come and they will come and they will rage and they will blow and if we're not rooted and established then we risk being uprooted and demolished and so paul prays that we would have both feet firmly planted in god's love and that our lives would be based solidly on god's love and if you're here this morning and it all feels a bit shaky. It all feels a bit steady. If it feels like you're losing an awareness or an appreciation of God's love for you, then can I invite you to get down on your knees and to pray this petition. I pray that I would be rooted and grounded and established in God's love today and every day in 2024. Well, let's move on because then it says... I pray that I may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep it is. We desperately need to grasp the extent, the full extent of the love of Jesus for us so that we can say, Jesus loves me, this I know, and I know the extent of it, but it's not easy. And before we get to the measurements, note Paul prays that we would have power to grasp it because, you see, Paul knows that in your own strength, in fact, let's be honest, in our own weakness, we often miss this. We forget it. We get confused about Jesus' love for us. We underestimate it. And so Paul says, ask for power, so that you might grab hold of it. And if you look at verse 16, if you've got a copy in front of you, Paul prays that we might be strengthened with power through God's Spirit. You see, the power that we need to get this, to understand this, to appreciate this, is not something we muster up ourselves. I can't have power to know how much Jesus loves me. But it is provided and it is available from the Holy Spirit who indwells every single Christian. And so if your grasp of Christ's love for you is loosening and slacking, then here's the thing you just need to do. Pray for more power to get a grip. Another interesting fact of this first part of the request regards those that you're sitting around this morning. You see, it can be hard, as I've said, for each of us to get our heads around this. The number of people I meet and know who struggle to believe that Jesus really loves them. And sometimes it really is hard to get our heads around this. We think he loves others better than he loves me or he just doesn't love us at all for whatever reason. And so Paul prays that we would do this with all of the Lord's holy people. Do it together. Do it in community. Help each other to grasp it. Help each other to believe it. Remind each other about it. As John Stott wrote, it needs the whole people of God to understand the whole love of God. Don't do this in isolation. You're not expected to. And so then comes the dimensions. So Paul prays that you'd grasp, that you would have power to grasp. What would you have power to grasp? The width of it, the length of it, the height of it, the depth of it. Now, I know we've got to be really careful we don't take this literally. Paul doesn't expect anybody to get the tape measure out and start calculating. Paul's indulging in a bit of rhetoric to make a point, but he's wanting to make a point about the sheer scale, the extent, the scope, the expanse of Christ's love for you. But let me just throw out a few ideas using Paul's language to help us appreciate this. The love of Christ is broad enough, it's wide enough to encompass all mankind without exception. Jesus loves all. It's long enough to last for all eternity. Jesus will never stop loving you. It's deep enough to reach everyone, and it has gone to incredible depths to express that love. And it's high enough to use Paul's language to exalt us to heaven. But however we process its reach and its span and its expanse, we need to pray this prayer over and over again that we would have power together with all the lord's holy people to grasp it to get hold of it but then paul adds a contradictory comment he says this and to know the love that surpasses knowledge hang on hang on a minute how can you know something which is unknowable how can you know something that's unknowable are you messing with this Well, the sense here is that the love of Christ is so vast, it's so limitless, that at one level it is totally beyond us. But although that it's true, that it's too big, it's too great to completely or fully understand, you can still know it, you can still experience it, despite always feeling out of your depth. And to illustrate this, let me read something that I read about five or six years ago from Richard Cochin, who was the minister of the church that Tim and Susie Graham, who've started to come here, went to in London, and and Richard wrote this about this issue. The deepest part of the ocean known to scientists is the Challenger Deep Gorge in the Great Moranian Trench in the Northwest Pacific Ocean. It's seven miles deep. It's a mile deeper than Mount Everest is tall. There is no submersible currently able to survive the crushing pressures at the bottom of this ocean to explore it. But even though we can't plumb the depths of the ocean to fully comprehend it, we can still enjoy swimming in it and not just stand on the beach analyzing it. Likewise, Paul wants his readers to dwell prayerfully on the vast dimensions of Christ's love and then to live daily in the reassurance of it. Just go swimming in the bottomless ocean of Christ's love ever exploring more of the unknowable. And so in 2024, I pray that every day you would increasingly know the extent of the love of Jesus for you, that you would dive deep. The last sentence in those two and a half verses gives us a reason to pray this prayer every day. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What does that mean? So if you pray this prayer, and if you know the love of Christ for you, you will be filled with the measure of the fullness of God. What does that mean? It's a remarkable, quite honestly, a mind-blowing prospect. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, there is no more staggering statement in the whole of Scripture than this one. But what does it mean? well, we could be here for a while to do justice to it. But let me offer you one explanation. On another occasion, whenever Paul's writing to a different church, he says this, for in Christ lives the fullness of God in a human body. For in Christ lives the fullness of God in a human body, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. So this is being filled with a measure of Jesus. This is about becoming more and more like Jesus. This is about being conformed into the image of Christ. This is about being filled with Jesus. As you realize how much you are loved by Jesus, this is about you being filled more and more with Jesus so that you can become more and more like him. So Jesus loves you. The extent of his love is incredible. And to help us get that and appreciate that and to live in the light of that, because that's the thing, I am suggesting for what it's worth, that you take this biblical prayer and you pray it every day for the next 365. And consider getting down on your knees and praying it, just even if you're praying that little bit on your knees. But I'm nearly finished, and kids, you've done great. But I did mention, or say I would mention, three ways to help you do this. Because because although it might sound like a great idea, actually doing it requires a decision. It requires a decision to do it. So here's three ways to help you do it. One, make time to pray. Life's busy. Days are full. There's no end of things to do, but unless you make time to pray, it just won't happen. Let's be honest about this. And so I urge you, I remind you to make time for prayer. The start of every day, at the end of every day, but you gotta make time for it. Secondly, read scripture every day. Read scripture every day. Jesus loves me this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You see, it's this that informs us. It's this that forms us. It's this that conforms us into the image of Christ. It is this that nourishes us. It is this that feeds us it is this that guides us, it is, this, it is this that illuminates our way. Make Bible reading in 2024 a daily practice. Recently, the elders spent some time away together, and as part of our discussions, we reflected on the place and the prior, priority of this in our church, and in our lives, and in our families. And one of the ideas or practices or habits that we came across during our conversation was this. Scripture before screen. That before we reach for our phones every morning or turn on a screen, we choose to read Scripture first. there's a radical thought. There's an interesting New Year's resolution. You see, Scripture before screen allows the first words that shape our day to be from sacred text rather than text messages, social media feeds, emails, and news. Scripture before screen. It's this that tells you how much Jesus loves you. And thirdly, to know that Jesus loves you and realize the sheer scale of it, just remember and reflect upon the cross because greater love has no one than this that they lay down their life for their friends you see Jesus hasn't just said that he loves you he's demonstrated it he died for you and when we take communion every single week as we do here at Windsor and I know familiarity breeds contempt and we can just through the motions. I know that. But every single week, we are creating another opportunity to pause and to remember the width, the length, the height, the depth of the love of Jesus for us. So can I encourage you to make this practice a renewed, refreshed discipline in 2024. So 31st of December, It's New Year's Eve. It's also known as Make Your Mind Up Day, a day to make some big decisions and set intentions for the future. And so I invite you, whether you're three, 53, or older, I invite you to make your mind up, to pray Ephesians 3, 17 to 19, every single day in 2024. I pray that I being rooted and established in love. I pray that I would have power, together with all of you lot, to grasp just how wide, how long and how high and how deep is the love of Jesus. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, I want to dive deep. And that I will be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That I'll be filled with Jesus. Make time to pray. Scripture before screen. And let's come to the cross. And